Now you're frozen, so maybe I jinxed it. Uh-oh. Am I unfrozen? You're, you're back, you're back. Oh. I heard audio action, so we're, we're we good. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Hey, what a start this was. We both sound really tired. We both are quite tired. And we both are quite tired. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I had my first week of school. Sophia had her second week of school. I'm kind of like a week behind because even though it wasn't like, so for the first week for you guys, it was like online and it sounded like it was a lot of talking, but not actually like doing the coursework necessarily. Mm -hmm. Is that right? And then for me, it was a little different than that because it wasn't, it was like orientation for new students for grade 12s had leadership and like it was orientation for younger students, and it was a week of that, which was also tiring. <laughs> yeah, it sounded really um, exhausting. I mean, it sounded, like, fun. Everything that Ron yeah. has told me about her school has sounded pretty great, but it also sounded like very long days and just a lot of mm. social interaction, which would yeah. be exhausting for anyone. Yeah, but you know. Nothing like a bit of Q&A to take your mind away. <laughs> oh, there was the rhyme. I was like, that was a weird uh, thing, yeah, thing to go with. Yeah. when you analyze it. Um, please don't analyze it. <laughs> <laughs> Quote us in your, in your literary analysis papers. Ooh. I don't like it either. And don't blame us if it doesn't do as well. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it would be your bad decision to include us in a, in a literary <laughs> analysis paper, so it's not on us. We should have, like, a thing in our description. It's like, we take no responsibility. Actually, that sounds really sketchy if we're like, we take no responsibility for the things we say. <laughs> <laughs> that would good. be so concerning. <laughs> maybe we won't do that. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, take responsibility for your actions. Yeah? Well, yeah, yes. No, yes, take responsibility. <laughs> what has this episode turned into? I'm not really sure. It's just really, it's, you know, the, uh, the, the tiredness is showing, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Mm. But none of that matters because, Sophia, from what I can tell, you have an amazing wordlet. Care to share? Oh, I mean, I don't think it's going to make sense out of context, but sure, I will share my wordlet. Um, although I think technically you're supposed to go first, but it's fine. <laughs> um, you can eat your food. Yep. Um, so my wordlet is something called an anapest. And this is, I don't know if anyone will remember this specifically, I doubt it. Um, although Justin will know what I'm talking about, but f a few, oh, it would not have been a few weeks ago. It would have been many months ago when I was still in Latin three, taking Latin class. We were learning about something called scansion, which is when you look at a poem in Latin or Greek, it, it's a thing in Greek too, and you determine like just sort of the, oh, I don't know how to explain it, the rhythmic patterns of the of the poem so like you know how in in Shakespeare it's written in a specific way so that it sounds 
like it has a rhythm when you read it out. It's yeah. the same thing with Latin and Greek. Um, and they have Latin and Greek poets had very specific ways of writing so that the syllables would match up and like the long and short sounds. It's kind of like music, like uh, yeah, like if you analyze, like I know that I can't remember where it, I did this, but I feel like I did this in an English class or something once, where if you like analyze rap songs, they also follow a meter. They also have the kind of rules that a lot of poetry does. Um, but I think the difference is in Greek and Latin, it was like a rule. Like it wasn't like you wrote a poem and it happened to be in this meter. It yeah. was like, no, we write we write poems in like you couldn't be a poet or yeah. you couldn't write a poem unless it was yeah in, like in it hexameter. wasn't allowed <laughs> hexameter. Yeah, hexameter or or pentameter is another one yeah um but yeah they have like each line is a meter and so in a hexameter it has six feet it's a whole thing and it's kind of complicated to explain out loud but um each foot has uh two like sections I guess and it can there are multiple ways that they can be split up it can be split up into two long syllables two short and one long syllable one long and two short syllables I don't think there's a thing where it can be four short syllables I don't think that exists but those are the the three main ones and this last one so I talked about spondy and dactyl spondy is two longs and dactyl is one long and two shorts and an anapest is two shorts and a long so it's a metrical foot consisting of two short or un- unstressed syllables followed by one long or stressed syllable. So like, da 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 like that kind of thing. Oh, <laughs> um, cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, well, apparently it's not very common. I don't, I don't know why. And it's never used by Virgil, who is hmm. the poet that we, we are reading in Latin. And apparently we're spending all of, I'm in Latin for now, and we're spending the whole year on the Aeneid, which is the Ooh. epic poem that Virgil wrote. And according to our wonderful Latin and Greek teacher, Virgil never uses an anapest, which is why I've never heard of it before. But I thought it was a fun word. So that's my word. Wow. Very cool. Imagine being famous for never using a specific type of metrical foot orientation. Like, that must be a wild life. (laughs) I, I agree, yes. I think Virgil's life was wild and <laughs> for more reasons than not using Anapest, but still a cool fact. What is your word lit? Smaragd, I think is how you pronounce it. I don't specifically remember. Um, and it's just a, a green gemstone, any green gemstone, such as an emerald. Um, and That's it comes cool. from Latin, from Greek, smaragdus. Um, and I mean, it's not that exciting. It just looks very, like, it doesn't look like a real word. It's S-M-A-R-A-G-D. I found it on TikTok. I was gonna say, was it that guy that... It was that guy. Yeah, because I was like, I think I recognize, uh, this because we, I, I now follow this, this guy that, um, Bronwyn has, you remember has sent name? me you multiple times. I don't, I have no idea what his username is, but, um, he talks a lot about linguistic stuff, so of course... It's amazing. And one of the videos that he was talking about was, like, some words um, sound, even if they're completely made-up words, you can, some words, like, sound more like English words than others, and you can, like, mm-hmm. uh, you would believe that they're an English word, while others were, other words, if you just, like, throw consonants together, is like, that could not be an English word, because 
that's not a common I looked up linguistics English. and it was the first he was the first person that popped up um, Heck his yeah. name is medium or his their name is medium Noah at medium Noah you can find them on TikTok if you want to learn more about linguistics they're pretty cool yeah they're awesome but yeah, yeah. Bronwyn would you like to introduce our topic for this week yeah so <laughs> Our our topic is we wrote well Sophia wrote arts ampersand crafts exclamation point so arts and crafts um but the it's gonna be maybe a bit more specific than that because I know we've talked about like individual aspects of that so like we've talked about maybe we've even done an arts and crafts episode i don't we've done remember. painting well we've i was painting. i don't there was not really a consensus on what this week's topic was yeah. it was like i i suggested knitting and mm-hmm. and crocheting and then yeah. i was like if that's too narrow we could also do arts and crafts and you said yeah to both of those ideas <laughs> so either i most of my quotes and anecdotes yeah. have to do with knitting and i think you took that direction Same. as well but like and we have like one painting one yeah exactly <laughs> so arts and crafts with a focus on knitting there is like there's like a word for it like 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 hand, hand cra- like crafting is that a thing it's crafting but it's not like like hand hand stuff and stuff you do with your hands hand work ha- handy work Handiwork. Handiwork, sure. No, that's, I don't know. I don't know the word. It's like the the, the sewing category plus one other anecdote we have about something different. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, like, you know, art. But like... But not. Okay, I've already done art. I just took us right back. Well, let's let's just keep going. (laughs) You guys will get it. It's like knitting and crocheting and sewing. Mostly just knitting and crocheting. Textiles. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. What's your word? My word is haberdasher. Now, this was going to be my word, and then I looked it up, and I was like, wait, I should use this for my word, because I can never find a good word. And I like the the word haberdasher, because all it means is either a dealer in men's clothing, or a dealer in small items used in sewing. But it sounds like something like, you know when people are like, Oh, all that haberdashery that the kids yeah. get up to, you know? Like, doesn't it sound like one of those? Yeah. So I always think of it like that. But I was listening to a podcast, and they mentioned a haberdasher, and I was like, oh, that's a good word. And so I looked it up, and it just means that. And, like, a dealer in, in haberdashery is, like, small buttons and sewing items. Um, and oh. <laughs> Or men's clothing. Um, that's so and cool. Yeah, and it comes from Middle English. This is, uh, I don't think we've seen an etymology quite like this before, but it comes from Middle English, probably based on an Anglo-Norman French, the word habertas, which was perhaps the name of a fabric, but it's of unknown origin. And in early use, the term denoted a dealer in a variety of household goods, um, also later specifically a hatter, so someone who makes hats. And the current way we use it dates from the early 17th century so you know in case you were wondering a haberdasher isn't really anything except for something very specific and cool i guess (laughs) it's i mean i always uh find like i've 
I don't know, this is probably because I'm a native English speaker and I just don't think of it, but like, there, it, there always seems to be more words in other languages that don't have like a translation into other, like, and they're like, they're always cool words, like that feeling when you hug someone again after a while. So I, this one isn't quite as um, profound. Profound, yeah, exactly. But it is the kind of thing where I don't know how many other languages have a have the term haberdasher, which specifically means a dealer in men's clothing or in small yeah. items used in sewing. So that's, that's very cool. And I feel like it's a word that's underused. <laughs> like, how how much would you like to see, like, an absolute, like, not to stereotype, but an absolute dude bro who's like, hey, I gotta swing by the haberdashers. <laughs> like, tell me that would not make your day. That's true, actually. That you would know? be a very good situation. I would love to exactly. see a football player just come up to me and be like, not that a football player would come up to me in any situation, but go up to someone and say, like, yeah, you What's know. What's your recommendation? I really wish I could come hang out after school, but I just got to get up to the haberdasher, you know? Like, I really. Yeah. <laughs> really got to get on that. It is a good word. What's your word? Um, My word is pearl. And not pearl like the stone I don't know is it a stone I don't even know um spelled p-u-r-l and I I it's pearl in reference to the knitting stitch so it means denoting or relating to a knitting stitch made by pulling the needle through the front of the stitch from right to left so it's basically like backwards knitting is um how my mom tried to explain it to me when she was teaching me how to knit when I was like of six and that I was never very good at it but that's not the point um I think you would be great at it if you weren't six (laughs) (laughs) I tried for I got I got like decent at it but then I kind of I would always get stuck when trying to follow a pattern this one like Mm. not when I was six but when I was older and then you know this is more of an anecdote and I'll get back into it in anecdotes but still cannot follow a pattern to save my life Same. but anyways um yes you can you can make I different cannot. things i can go no, in I one line. yes you can no i cannot yes <laughs> haven't you made like hats before i'm okay a you hat. definitely have made a hat, a hat that's a, a pattern i cannot on, this is what i'm saying on, i cannot on. go in anything other I than a straight a hat. so for you know i'm going to i didn't even write this down as an anecdote so i don't feel bad about saying it now but uh-huh. for Christmas one time, my sister and I both got crocheting patterns for hats. And I could not figure it out myself. But my sister was doing the same one, and she's very good at crocheting, so she helped me. The next year, we got mitten patterns. I decided to be brave and do it by myself. I am not joking. It was twice the size of my hand and twice the size of the intended size of the mitten. I finally made it. I am never wearing those monsters. They don't look great. So anyways, patterns. Uh. <laughs> well, oh. I screw up even going in a straight line. So it I really I really cannot do anything. But however, that being said, my mother did teach me how to pearl and I feel I feel like I remember enjoying purling more than knitting. I don't know. Um, it doesn't look as pretty, though. I also remember mm-hmm. thinking that. Like, this is not... It kind of... It looks bumpier than knitting. Um, 
But the reason why I chose it is because I was looking up words and the etymology is actually very cool. Uh, it's kind of a long thing, so bear with me. Um, but the etymology is pearl, first referred to gold and silver thread used for embroidery, um, and then for the embroidery itself. Likely because of the preciousness of silver and gold, pearl embroidery was often done as edgings. By the early 1500s, the word pearl referred to a particular kind of lace work done as edging. The first use of pearl referred to the knitting stitch. Uh, the first use of pearl to refer to the knitting stitch comes from what scholars believe is the first written knitting pattern extant, a pattern for making stockings from the collection of cures called Nature Exenterata. I don't know how to pronounce that. At the end of the book are helps for the housemistress, everything from advice on breeding horses to making dyes to knitting patterns. Though the pattern is incomplete by modern standards, its language is contemporary. I'm not going to read the thing of the pattern, but the verb pearl, which dates back to the 1500s, mimics the development of the noun. It was used first of embroidering with silver or gold thread, then of making a pearl stitch, and then of knitting in a pearl stitch. So pearl until you reach the stitch marker. Uh, you can use it as a verb too. And I just thought that was really cool. Like it originated as the string, like the silver or gold that you use to embroider because pearl was something precious. And so that's what they used to call it. And then it became um, the edging, and then it became the type of stitch, and then it became a verb later on, which I thought was really cool. cool. That's actually kind of similar to um, haberdash. Yeah, definitely. First a type of fabric. Well, would you look at that? Connections all over the place. <laughs> Connections left, right, up, down. Would you like to start us off with, with your quote? Yeah. Okay, well, my first quote is... Over here. Let me just get it. Okay. It is a peculiar... Okay, let me try that again. <laughs> Good start. It is a peculiarity peculiarity sorry i'm having trouble with that it is a peculiarity of knitters that they chronically underestimate the t- amount of time it takes to knit something birthday on saturday no problem socks are small never mind that the average sock knit out of sock weight yarn contains about seventeen thousand stitches never mind that you need two of them that's thirty-four thousand stitches for anybody keeping track socks are only physically small by stitch count they are immense which is interesting. So first of all, yeah, like the amount of times I've started a project, you're like, oh, I'll do this quickly, and then like, oh no, this <laughs> is a monster. Has is too many times, um, and the issue is for me, I I kind of figured it out like mathematically. Okay, of day course one, you did. I decide I want to make something. I have one hundred percent motivation and determination and ambitiousness. If I get it done that day, it will get done. Even if I have to stay up till 3 a.m., which I've only done once. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that, but go on. <laughs> but for each following day, I think I get about 50% less motivated. So like the second day, there's like a 50% chance I'll want to work on it. And then there's like a 25% chance I'll want to work on it. And then 12.5% chance. And so on and so forth. So as time goes on, I don't want to work on it. So this is an issue when I think that something is going to take only a little bit and then it takes a long time. Socks are great. I started crocheting socks. I was crocheting You can make a sock? Class. Could no, not I can't because I never finished them. They oh. are sitting right over, <laughs> sitting right up there, and I'm scared of them now. Um, 
And I, you know, I just, now I'm like, I have like very little motivate, not 0% because you can never get to zero if you divide by two infinitely, but very, very little interest in continuing them. The second wow, thing that I want to say... it's truly an exponential <laughs> graph that you're making over there. Yep. It is approaching zero. Um, the, the second part I wanted to talk about was, like, you know, metaphors. Socks are only physically small, but by stitch count, they are immense. And it's just like, you know, just because something's small doesn't mean it's insignificant. We sound like grandmothers. <laughs> No. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that just occurred to me. Um, No, not just occurred to me. I thought of that while I was writing things down, but I forgot to mention it at the start of the episode that we sound like grandmas while we're doing this, and we are Mm -hmm. two teenagers, so, you know, doing great. But I I do actually love that quote. Um, I, you never really think about how big things are in terms of stitches like looking at the Mm -hmm. little things and how um and it would be interesting to oh god this has gotten far more philosophical than i intended but i was about to say to look at life in in reference to the little things like rather than looking at the big picture seeing like what little things make it up little things (laughs) little things in all those little things (laughs) jeez (laughs) um yeah i agree (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I think that's you encapsulated it perfectly with your inspiring eloquence. Mm-hmm. What's your first quote? Um, my first quote is again gonna make me sound like a grandmother, but properly practiced knitting soothes the troubled spirit, and it doesn't hurt the un- untroubled spirit either. Wow, that was hard to say for some reason. My brain isn't working. That was said by Elizabeth Zimmerman, who was a British-born hand-knitting teacher and designer. She revolutionized the modern practice of knitting through her books and instructional series on American public television. So I just thought it was kind of nice. Like, I, although I am terrible at knitting and crocheting, um, now that I know vaguely how to crochet, it is, like, if it's after a tiring day, and I know that Bronwyn does this too, um, it is very relaxing to sit in bed with like a pile of yarn and just kind of work on something and you really it's easy to when you're knitting or crocheting to put on um a tv show or a podcast or whatever so that you can just do something with your hands yeah um and it's very it's relaxing. very calming it is wonderful yeah. especially Soothes after like the soul. a long day or whatever it may be um and i also like you know if it soothes the troubled spirit, and it doesn't hurt the untroubled spirit either. I thought that was sweet. Like, it can yeah. be something nice for if you really need to uh, cool down or calm down or whatever. But it can also be nice if you're just, like, already having a chill day and you want to have a vibing. chiller day. Yeah. Yeah. Chiller day. There you go. Sounds chilly. <laughs> mm-hmm. You laughed at that one. That's surprising. I... It was a confusing. Wow. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> that's a first. Um, nice. What's your next quote? I was waiting for that. Um, <laughs> you've heard about the knitter's handshake? 
Two hands go in for the grab and shake, but at the last minute they veer to the closest sleeve or band and grab it instead while we ask, <laughs> did you knit this? And that was by Clara Parks. That's cute. It was cute. Um, I don't, I can't say I've been in that situation, but there is something like, I think a couple of times I've complimented someone's hat. They're like, I made it. And I'm like, oh my god. Um, a couple of times, like once or twice. But yeah, like, you know, when you... When someone's like, oh, did you make that? Or you go, wait, did you make that? Or even if they didn't, and you're just like, that's really nice. <laughs> um, you know, there's something about appreciating other people's work that's yeah. good. Well, it's funny you say that because, again, I'm spo- I'm just spoiling all the anecdotes today. But um, a lot of the women on my mom's side of the family know how to knit. And so a lot of times during family gatherings, especially family gatherings of my mom's side of the family, there will be, if one of them is wearing something that they've knitted, it'll be like, oh my god, did you knit that? Oh, that's so pretty. What pattern did you blah, 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 blah. And it's great. It's a little, it's a good conversation starter. Like, a bond. Get a brag. Or you get a Always a good brag. Yes, this is true as well. Yeah. Knitting, I mean, and I don't knit, so I don't know, but I'm just a saying that it applies to crocheting too because oh definitely yeah i think it does i i agree you agree i agree you agree um what's your next quote um my next quote is she was passionate about knitting because it allowed her to reach a state of peacefulness and she loved to embroider because it let her express her creativity both activities were liberating they allowed her to exist outside of time and that was said by Laura Esquivel, um, who is a Mexican novelist, screenwriter, and a politician who serves in the Chamber of Deputies for the Morena Party. I don't know what that means. Um, her first novel, Como Agua para Chocolate, became a bestseller in Mexico and the United States and was later developed into award-winning into an award-winning film. And apparently, she also liked knitting. So that's mm. pretty cool as well. Cool um, person. Yeah. I, I don't know. I thought it was nice that like knitting is something especially because a lot of times especially if you're an experienced knitter or crocheter I think it applies to crocheting as well it's kind of a it can be a mindless activity like you just kind of go and keep doing it you don't have to think about it like it's not like doing a math problem you don't have to think about it too much unless they're unless you're like finish or doing a complicated pattern or finishing a row or something I don't actually know that much about knitting so this might be totally inaccurate but um, I thought I liked the the peacefulness of that first part, and then I also don't know anything about embroidery. I know you do some embroidery, but um, I know that embroidery allows you to be more like you can kind of do whatever the heck you want and just like be more creative with the colors that you choose and yeah. whatever you choose to create. Which I'm not. I think is lovely. Able to? I've seen some people who are able to like freestyle embroider which is kind of incredible i only know how to like follow something that i traced but which is still i can imagine how it's like almost like drawing or painting for people who have that ability yeah yep that's all and then because you're still eating i'll say my other little quote which was while i was looking for quotes i found um this other one which is um, it just made me laugh, and it also made me think of one of our friends, <laughs> but it is... I know, same. Yeah. I read it, and I was like, wait. <laughs> wait a second, yeah. Um, it is, why do you have a cigarette lighter in your glove compartment? Her husband, Jack, asked her. 
I'm bored with knitting. I've taken up arson. <laughs> so, you know. Honestly, there's a point where you get so frustrated with your what you're crocheting or knitting. You not just want to burn I it. Would do it. But not saying it doesn't have whoops, a reason I dropped my food. Oh dear. Oh, that that was done. Sorry, I did. I thought there was. Yeah, I thought there was more to, to that sentence. Um, yeah, I. It made me laugh. It also made me think of one of our friends. Shout out to Hallie if you still listen to any of these episodes. <laughs> um, but our our friend Hallie notoriously enjoys fire and thinks it's cool. This is, not, does not make her sound like a good person. That she's an arsonist. She's very, she just, she's very safe, I promise. She just mm-hmm. enjoys fire. And we. she jokes about it a lot. Er, and we all... This is really not we're making her sound like a good person. <laughs> we're, we're sorry, Hallie. It's just... I don't... How do you explain that your friend likes pa- likes fire in a way that does not sound, like, terrifying you know, and bad? Why don't we it's say not a, she likes the aesthetic... She's a very aesthetic yeah. person, and she likes the aesthetic of fire. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want to burn everything to the ground. Oh, God. Okay. Anyways, sorry, Hallie. We love you. <laughs> Thank you for mm-hmm. your card. It was great. Anyways, um, are you ready to say some of your anecdotes? I am ready. So, crocheting, the big one. As I said, not super capable of following patterns and stuff. You're amazing at crocheting. Well, let me... So I decided to, you know, practice with something a little bit less, you know, intense. So squares. And as I've been making squares, you know, it sounds so exciting to make squares. um, (laughs) I've gotten better and better. So in the beginning, I couldn't, like, keep a straight edge. And now, they actually look like squares. Um, that's so much cool. smarter than just knitting a giant scarf for your first thing that you ever crochet. That's okay, but so that was good. a very good scarf. How did so. I not think I should just well, do little squares? That's so much smarter. <laughs> I appreciate it. And so my sister crochets, and she's like, there's going to be a point where she's going to have to decide whether to have a couch or to have, like, balls of yarn because she collects so much yarn. Like, oh. so much. And she's just, it's just going to be her entire house. I know it. But anyways, she's been crocheting a lot and she can crochet little animals. She's making a dragon. She made a sweater. She made a, a She made a That's fox. So she made a sheep. Incredible. Like, Please tell me she uses right? fluffy fluffy yarn mm-hmm. for the stuffed animals. But not like fluffy. She made she made little she, she made a sheep and she gave it little like in each stitch she added a little, little loop so it's like fluffy. It's really cute. It's like floppy. <laughs> That's adorable. <laughs> it's really cute. Um, but the she also recently crocheted herself a dress. Ooh. And. Like, this summer, we've been doing a lot of crocheting, and so, you know, just kind of be sitting there and crocheting, and we had a family gathering, and we were just kind of sitting there, so after a while, we both went and got our crocheting. 
and everyone's like amy what are you making and mom's like go show them your dress and she tries it on and they're like bronwyn what are you like everyone's like so amazed they're like you make animals and you made this dress all by yourself and they're like bronwyn what are you making and i'm like squares (laughs) your squares are good too i have a whole bag of them (laughs) (laughs) oh you can make like a big you should make a big blanket out of them you should sew them all together i have ideas okay ideas um but yeah it was a little bit oh you know (laughs) it was kind of funny though um so yeah you know i'm not maybe the most advanced but i enjoy some crocheting and like you're very cool oh i appreciate it um no i've seen some i know that that i know i'm cool i'm just like not that advanced at crocheting you're still better at it than me very very good you could you told me how to that's an anecdote um but why don't you talk about it then well first i was gonna start with with knitting and i'll get to i'll get to crocheting Mm -hmm. in a second um (laughs) uh thank you for that so my my mom has known how to knit for as long as i can remember Obviously, she, I think she learned how to knit before I was born, so that is that was a given. <laughs> um, but uh, she, so this is has been a part of her life, as I already said, for as long as I have been in it. Um, and I just always, I've always remembered her. Like any time we watch a movie as a family, she usually is knitting something, and so we can never. It's a thing where we can never turn off the lights fully in in the tv room in our little room that has the tv because she's always knitting um or usually knitting and it she's very good at it she's made a whole bunch of different things um she likes making scarves she's made a few sweaters she's a very good knitter and at one point i think i was about six i was like can you teach me how to knit i want to knit too and so and it's she also has a knitting bag which i thought was very cool and so it's like a big bag full of whatever yarn she happens to be using and all different sizes of needles and they're all just in this this one big bag. And so I was like, cool. if I'm going to learn how to knit, I need a knitting bag. So we got, we had we got me a some we found some bag in the attic and it became my little knitting bag and I had my Aww. little ball of yarn and my two tiny needles and my like little square that I was making. And she was like, "Well, the first a, a good thing for you to make like the first thing that you should make is um the easiest thing is like a scarf because you can just go in a straight line yeah. and so she was teaching me how to how to uh she would always um I think it's called casting on when you yeah a, a stitch and cast on and so she would always start it for me and I would go ahead and, and I would knit and then the first thing I ever knit was supposed to be a scarf I got so impatient because I was six and so tired after the first, like, two rows that eventually I was, like... And I also got bored with the blue that I was using, this blue yarn that Mm. I was using. So, like, five rows in, I switched to green because that was far more exciting. And then I got bored of the green, so I just stopped. And then I was, like, you know what? This is going to be a blanket for my dolls. So I made a little doll blanket. And I think I still have it somewhere. Um, somewhere in the loft, I, I made it, it's half blue and half green, and that was the first thing I ever knit. That's very cute. Yeah, and after that, I tried to do some things, like, I, I would, 
every once in a while I would feel like knitting again and so I'd try to start something but I would always I usually got bored with it I never had enough patience like my mom did and I very much admired her for that but yeah that was my first experience with with knitting so that was when I visit we have to have a movie slash knitting slash crocheting oh absolutely (laughs) we've got to invite we've got to invite my grandmother and my aunt too and we can have a little hangout and watch I don't know. They all like Harry Potter. Maybe we can have a Harry Potter yeah. knitting marathon. That would be good. That'd be fun. My mom hasn't knit recently, but she used to knit us mittens every summer, every winter. Yeah, your mom should come she'd, too. She'd and you guys can crochet she hasn't too. Knit in like years, but yeah, she used to make us mittens every like year. We would get to like pick a color. That's so good. Yeah, a lot of mittens. My mom made me a hat once, which was the best hat. I've ever had it remains the best hat I've ever had so good when we went to Canada in January when we went when we went to Montreal and it was snowing all over the place I wore that hat everywhere it's the best thing ever so good it's almost like too much for Wilton winters because I mean I guess when it gets to the deep of winter we could wear it but anyways it was perfect for Canada sorry I've talked too much your turn Well, I was going to talk about, because you talked about a uh, knitting bag, and I'll talk about the crocheting bag that I sewed. Um, you so, sew. You're very good at sewing. Well, I, I've, I learned how to sew so when good. I was like six, if not younger, and so I've always done it. So, like, I'm definitely better at that than I am at the other stuff. Um, my grandma always would sew us like costumes she used to sew us nighties like out of flannel um and she's a big sewer and she sewed like my cousins all harry potter costumes and all of we had a harry potter party and she made everyone in the family a costume and like they're really good that's amazing um and so i think i inherited from her um we have like four sewing machines here one of them works <laughs> we have one that's like this we went there was a like a flea market in our town and we got this antique sewing table it's like a desk but it has a sewing machine inside and it's like from like 1930 or something um but the wiring is bad it doesn't work which is too bad um we have this old sewing machine from like 1920 from like my great grandmother or something like that it also doesn't work um and then we have one that's, like, not modern. Like, it's from, like, 90... It looks like it's from, like, 1970s. Maybe it's a little bit newer than that. But it works really well. And that's the one I use. Um, but I had it set up here, so I didn't have it up where I was staying. So I um, was hand sewing, which I've learned how to do a lot better from this YouTuber I watch. And she makes historical clothing with historical methods. Um, her name's Bernadette Banner. She is incredible. Um, she's made some very cool things. And so I kind of learned different stitches and stuff from her. And I've gotten a lot better from watching her videos, actually. And, uh, I made this bag because my grandma gave me a bunch of leftover fabric and, like, bits and pieces. And so I made this bag. It's a very simple bag, but I was very proud of it because I sewed it by hand. And it, like, is pretty good. That's amazing. <laughs> um, I think you and I did like, this bag and it's a very yeah. good bag. Well, I did this thing at the top. So it's basically... The- a circle on the bottom and then just like a straight piece around and then it has a drawstring and then a little like shoulder loop 
Um, and I did this thing where, cause there's a lining in the bag and then there's that, and then there's outside and I put the lining over the top. So there's like a little, it's like plain white on the outside and then this green flower design on the inside, but the green flower fabric like folds over. And I did this little thing where like you fold over the folded over part. So it's like a nice clean edge. That's incredible. And, like, I was very proud of it. Um, so I made that and then I was like, what do I put in here? And I didn't know what I was going to put in there. And I put some, I have a lot of embroidery, embroidery floss and I put that in there for a bit. And then I was going somewhere and I wanted to bring my crocheting and I was like, let me just put my crocheting in there. So I keep a couple bars, a couple balls of yarn, um, a couple of crochet hooks. It's like my travel crochet bag and it's really good. That's incredible. And I had made one before. That was like, I basically took a normal bag and then I like did some, I like made, I cut it to a different shape and I used that for a little bit, but I actually prefer the one that I made now. I love, it's, you are, Bronwyn will every once in a while, this is more what I was referring to when I meant like arts and crafts was all of the cool things that you do because Mm. you are so crafty. It's ridiculous, especially this summer. You've been sending me things like, um... You texted me about, or not texted me, sent me like Snapchats and stuff about building an entire table, which is wild and so cool. You And you just did that and you can and you have the ability to do that. It's incredible to me. And then also you've been sewing a lot of things. You showed me a, the cool bag that you made for all of your art supplies, like wax mm-hmm. seal stuff and paints, which is also very cool. I took a bag and I altered it that's the best thing to do take something that exists and then that camera bag that you made also very very good um last year this was about a year ago now in September Bronwyn stayed up until 3 a.m sewing a costume for Ren Faire and I've never forgiven you for that (laughs) but it was a very it was (laughs) it was a very cool costume (laughs) Thanks. I appreciate yeah. it. It's not, I need very to remake crafty. it actually. I was looking at it the other day. It's so bad. It doesn't you can't wear it. Like it doesn't really work. So I'm gonna remake it with all my newfound skills. Also Heck yeah. Bernadette Banner posted something about making a pirate shirt and she's like, Yeah, it's a really easy thing to do because at this time period people were more focused on like getting things done fast than making them super good quality. This was for the average person and it's like a really cool easy thing and so like that's so good mm-hmm. but yeah sewing yeah. is really fun because well I'm actually not good at following patterns I um get confused because I know that they give you a size for the pattern if you like get it online like we have some old patterns that are in like packets and I haven't even looked at those because I don't really particularly want to make any of the things Mm -hmm. but I'll look up patterns online and they'll give you like a size and then you have to like scale it up and use like pattern paper and it's just too much yeah that's a lot I can't I can't do that so every now and then my grandma's like oh what'd you make like do you use a pattern and that kind of thing and I was like oh not that cool (laughs) but um yeah I do enjoy sewing it's uh you're very good I, at it, and I'm always so impressed. I've just when always I get done another it, so I Snapchat. I feel very like comfortable doing it because I've just done it since I was little. It's amazing. It's such a cool skill. 
Um, I want to talk about one last thing before we go, which is that you taught me how to crochet, which Mm. is incredible. Oh my gosh, I also just remembered one last thing about knitting before I move on to crocheting. Um, I, I think... It was like, so I was, I think I was in first grade when I first learned how to, how to knit. And that was when I made the little blanket for my dolls. And then in third grade, I got really into it again. I never really finished anything, I don't think, but I like started a whole bunch of different things and I had all these ideas. And so I would just sometimes like bring my knitting to wherever place I went. And at one point I was waiting to be picked up from somewhere. I don't remember where I was, but I had my knitting. And my friend's mom came to pick my friend up, and I was knitting. And um, she was like, oh, that's really cool. Did your mom teach you how to do that, blah, blah, blah. And then somehow it came up that I was knitting right-handed, even though I'm left-handed. Huh. And um, she was like, wait, are, are, are you right-handed or left? Something like that. And she was like, well, how could you possibly be left-handed if you're knitting right-handed? And I think she was joking, but I had an existential crisis of like, oh, no. wait, oh my god, what if I'm not really left-handed? I've been lying my whole life. It was, I, and she was just like, she laughed about it. And I was like, <laughs> I was terrified. That's so sad. I, it scared me so much. Can't but wait, so are you I think an ambidextrous knitter? I don't think I can knit, because I was taught to knit right-handed, because my mom, who was also left-handed, was also taught to to knit right-handed. So, so like, that's just kind of how we learned how to do it. I don't, I don't even, I don't know if I crochet, like, I don't know how you, I don't remember how you taught me. I remember it was a discussion. I crochet, I use my right hand, I hold the thing with my right hand. And I hold the fat, the crocheting part with my left hand. I think I hold it with my left hand. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I crochet left-handed, but knitting... No. <laughs> um, wow. But anyway, that, that was my mini existential knitting crisis. But Bronwyn taught me how to crochet. I believe this was last fall, um, like September, October. We were recording a podcast, or you would come over to my house to record a podcast. I remember mm-hmm. we were on my bed uh, recording a podcast. And you, you brought your crocheting, because at that point you had started to bring crocheting to school to keep you busy or, and whatever mm-hmm. um and you had it with you and I was like can you teach me how to crochet because I think we had some extra time after recording the podcast and mm-hmm. you're like yeah sure and so I found a giant crocheting needle that we had for some reason <laughs> and awesome. it was huge and the corresponding giant yarn that we also had for some reason and you taught me how to crochet, and it was very good. And I, I the was the first so happy. one you did. You like started, and then I think you like undid it, and you did it again. And then I left, and you undid it all, and then you did it again, and it was like perfect. And I was like, "That's annoying." <laughs> <laughs> well, that you like sent me a picture. You're like, "I restarted," and it was like this perfect square. And I was okay. I'm sure I, I manipulated the picture. No, it was really good. No, I don't think so. Because no, I still cannot really crochet. Um, okay, well, it was really but good. But I that one strip of yarn, I think I have. I don't I didn't have any plans to do anything with that. So I think I just left it as like one line. But mm-hmm. after that, I knew how to crochet in a straight line. So I 
went to Michael's and got some fluffy yarn because I thought it was fun, and I made a scarf for Bronwyn. I and know. before you say anything, it's a terrible scarf. It's, no, it's it does not. My it does not look ever. like a scarf. It but that doesn't mean it's a good scarf. Thing. It is a really good it, scarf. It's I not okay. Wore it so all the time in the winter. The it's really I know good. that, but that does not mean and it's, it's a good really scarf. Pretty. It's like this beautiful blue, like yarn that's like these different colors so it's like dark blue but then it's light blue as well it like kind of fades in and out and yeah it's, it's so that was good and it's that was because of the yarn size, that was not me I'm so happy I like it so much and it's I got... so good like it's really good and uh-huh. heck, well it's my favorite thing ever. I, I'm very glad you like it um it was it's the first full thing that I ever crocheted and like the ends of it I do I don't I didn't know how to, like, finish, so I just kind of kept going around, but then the ends got, like, all curved, so now the well, ends the are just is, kind of... Like, there's a way that I learned recently, uh, like, to, like, go, if you want to keep something square, you have to do, like, an extra stitch, and that kind of folds over, and if you don't yeah. do that, you're just kind of, like, it's really hard to keep it square, so you didn't know that, but even somehow not knowing that it like it just kind of goes in a circle i don't really know it, what was it going worked on there, out, there were also like, like a lot of little little holes however all that being it was not a perfect scarf is what i'm trying to say but okay, it was a but lot I of can't fun make a perfect scarf either so yes you can it was a lot nah. of fun making it and i was proud of it and i was very glad that you like it your music what the heck <laughs> my music started playing <laughs> so that was me i clicked spotify <laughs> <laughs> i was like what what is what's happening i've so got to go, have to go. <laughs> yeah okay. so my friends thank you so much for joining us maybe you were li- doing some crocheting and knitting while you're listening to this episode. i hope so even if you weren't now you should go do it or learn how to do it you will not regret it shout out to my grandmother my mom and my aunt who uh, they used to get together and call themselves the Knitwits, which I always thought was very cute, <laughs> and they would knit together. We we ha- They haven't been able to do that recently, but I loved that. Uh, my grandmother is, is an incredibly talented knitter, and my mom is also a very, very, very good knitter, also incredibly talented, has made me some wonderful things, so thank you both, and my aunt too. Shout out to my sister, grandmother, and mom for teaching me crocheting, sewing, and knitting, respectively. Yes, it's a it's a wonderful thing. It's always it yes. it feels good to create things, especially yeah. when it turns out successfully. Um, thank you for joining us. If you want to check out our Instagram, you can follow us at quotes anecdotes. While you're there, you can co- follow our cover artist. You can find them at Instagram at dinobite. That's d i n o dot b y t e. They do amazing art. They're incredible, Mary. You're the best. Um. Did we say email us at quotesnamedudes at gmail.com? Rate, Rate review, review, subscribe. subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff in sync. Um, happy day today. Happy today. Don't know when you're happy, this. Happy day, indeed. Happy days. And come back in two weeks for more quality content. This has been... Quotes and anecdotes. I'm Bronwyn. <laughs> and I'm Sophia. Thank you for listening. That's all, folks. <laughs> Toodaloo. <laughs> That's it. Nothing more. The end. Bye. Bye.